holidays. I'm Marilee Duffy, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 13 of The Casual Temple. Today, I'll be talking to you, the audience, about the approaching new year, 2024, and will reveal what untold gifts from the numbers, stars, and cards the coming year holds. But first, before we begin unwrapping our potential and holding our fates in our hands to mold, let's briefly address the proverbial elephant in the room, the number of the episode, 13. Borrowing the god Kronos' time machine for a minute, we see that the number 13 holds a special significance across many traditions. Speculated to be due to the ancient observance of a lunar solar, lunar solar calendar, 12 full months and the odd seasonally aligned 13th, slightly less than half in its length. It's the inconstant nature of the 13th moon that lends the number its superstitious concern. Though surprisingly, in contrast to contemporary practice, more often auspiciously potent than ill-divining portents. For every missing elevator button or horror movie Friday, in the here and now, in the here and now, there are many lucky correspondences woven into the wisdom of the past for you to discover. I encourage you to do a little research and read about them so you can cast off any trepidation. The charged wobbliness of 13 is similar to the infinitely turning and racing number eight, the magician's main snaky sign of power and change, which happens to be encoded through 2024, which we will get into as we go along. So this week we're doing something a little different in that there isn't a guest this week. Um, we just, uh, in recording this, this is the day after Christmas. Uh, for the new year, it would be interesting to review the collective energy of 2023 first. So that's what we'll do. And then the upcoming energy of 2024 using the, div the divinatory methods that I use in my practice, the numerology and tarot through the lens of the Hermetic Kabbalah. And I'm sure the planets will make an appearance um, as we go along as well. I'll then do a three-card spread reading for 2024 for the collective energy of our planet in this timeline in dimension. This will help us harness that energy that is available to us and move into the direction of our own true wills. Finally, I'll share some of the things I do in the new year to help guide and anchor my own intentions that will hopefully be useful or an inspiration for you to do your own intention setting. Okay, let's, so let's jump, <clears throat> excuse me, let's jump into uh, Reflections of 2023, uh, we'll look back before we look forward. So 2023 was the year of the water rabbit, um, which oddly enough is about reflection and seeking balance as a collective and individually. So I look at these things as a macro and micro, so as a collective and then on an individual basis. And so 2023 numerology adds up to the number seven and in Hebrew, the character that the Hebrew uh, letter that uh, the Hebrew letter Zayin, which in Geomatria matches to Bina on the tree of the Kabbalistic tree of life. Bina is the great mother that is the emanation of the supernal triangle. So you have Keter, Chokhmah in Bina, um, and it is the supernal triad. Try, it is the supernal sephira that gives us our form. So that is Bina. Bina is also linked to the planetary energy of Saturn, who is the Lord of Karma of individuals and of the collective, of course. So when I speak of the collective, I mean like basically humanity in this dimension in this time on the planet Earth. 
The word Zion itself is a paradox since it means weapon or sword as well as crown and scepter. Zion is the root word for the modern Hebrew, Hebrew word maison, which, is, which means food or sustenance, and the word hazana, which means nourishment. As a collective, we are facing times of conflict, facing our karma, karma and the forms we have brought to the earthly plane. Within that conflict and struggle, there lies the promise of calm and serenity. The seventh card of the major arcana is the chariot. Chariot is a card of energy moving forward towards a spiritual quest. And the writer Waite Smith, the card, the chariot card is driven, or the chariot is driven by a black and white sphinx, representing the two pillars in the Kabbalah tree of life, the masculine and the feminine energies that create the motion moving us forward. The sphinxes are the question, the quest and the riddle of our lives we are trying to answer. So again, this is like the larger picture and then us as individuals and thinking about what was going on in 2023, there was a lot of action and movement. And in karma, you know, karma is really, you know, there's different ways of looking at karma. I kind of think of karma as, um, you know, the unbalance of uh, the true, sort of the true nature of, you know, the, of spirit. So it's not a bad or good thing. It just means we're trying to rebalance and the chariot is on it, its mission to do that. And so with 2023, you know, we saw a lot of conflict on the earth, uh, you know, it was really troubling to see. And, you know, that is part of sort of rebalancing the the karma of the planet. Um, but with that, there are like, you know, beautiful, good things I've seen locally that people have been trying to do sort of ease um, the suffering and uh, of people here, even in Seattle. So there is like, you know, there is the rebalancing effect of, of karma. Okay. And then, so I'll just share that. So for my personal year, there's a personal year number um, that you can kind of figure out yourself by um, adding up all the the numerical values of your birthday, so the two two digits, yeah, for your month day, and then four digits for your year, and then to kind of combine that with the the overall year number, so twenty twenty three, which was seven, uh, you would get uh, so seven plus whatever the number your birth year was, and then you reduce it down to like one whole number. And that would give you your personal year number. So my personal uh, year number uh, for 2023 was six. In the Kabbalah tree of life, six is associated with Netzach, which is the sphere of Venus, which rules over our personal relationships. Um, so kind of defining that for me in the last year was I went on a trip to the Philippines with my mother and my sister and her two sons, which is, you know, Philippines is where my mom is from. And we went there to meet with her family and then celebrate her 70th birthday. Um, so, and I was also born in the Philippines. Don't remember much because I was only there for a year and a half. Then uh, just this, this December, just a few weeks ago, I went with two of my friends to Ireland where my dad's family is from. So it was a time of connecting to my father's and my ancestral roots, and also spending time with two friends that I've known for over 20 years. Uh, so it was, you know, it was kind of a nice uh, cap to the year of sort of this uh, Venus energy of like relationships and um, coming together and 
you know, kind of looking after that for myself. Um, I'm curious, you know, if you would like to share what your reflections of 2023 are, I'd love to hear about it in the comments. Um, what, what things you found looking back do kind of relate to that particular number. Um, and yeah, we can uh, then do our preview for the new year and kind of go and move in that direction. So 2024 is the year of the wood dragon. So you may or may not be familiar that Chinese zodiac has the, uh, the different animals, but the different animals will have like a different element because the Chinese system is very much, um, very much into like elements and things like that. So this year is the wood dragon, which is around evolution, improvement, abundance, and setting the foundation for long-term success. So like wood and maybe the Western traditions are, are associated, is associated with fire and creative energy. So you can kind of look at it through your West. If you're in the West, you can kind of look at the Western uh, interpretation of that, of like maybe there's something about creativity and setting things into motion and that spark of like an idea and kind of getting that started. And so another thing to share is that uh, the dragon energy was present at the creation of the universe and definitely at the creation of the material world. The dragon energy is something that is very interesting to look into and uh, experience for yourself. So another thing to think about is that I live here in Seattle and my Kundalini yoga teacher, Sada Simran, would always tell us that Seattle had dragon or his teacher told him that Seattle had dragon energy um and so I was kind of like trying you know, figuring out what that really meant because that, that's all he said he didn't really say what that meant but Seattle historically in at least the modern age age has been a boom and bust town so a lot of businesses you know started and ended here uh but and a lot of like the economy kind of you know kind of ha has rises and bumps and all sorts of things. And, but I also look at it as that there is a lot of creative energy that exists in Seattle. A lot of forward thinking techno uh, technology uh, has come out of Seattle as far as like something that has been developed by individuals or a company um, and then kind of delivered to the collective. So I kind of look at it in that way as well. So maybe that's something to consider as we move into, you know, when the Chinese new year starts what the year of the wood dragon would mean to you and how you can harness that energy for yourself. Okay. So 2024 numerology, numerologically starts is the number eight. And eight in Hebrew is associated with uh, the letter Ket. Um, Western, maybe English speaking people would pronounce it Chet because it starts with a CH, but um, I believe it's like Chet, like a very kind of guttural pronunciation. It means life, new beginnings. And when you look at the way that it is drawn, the character itself, it looks like a bridge or a doorway. Um, so, I, you know, and so it's not a door, but it's a doorway. And so it's a liminal space of transformation. Uh, so it's also linked to this Semitic word for thread, which is also links to the uh, the Egyptian word wick, 
of a candle. So if you think about like thread and then the wick of a candle is basically a thread um, in Egyptian hieroglyphs. In meditation, um, you know, I've kind of meditated on uh, the wick in Egyptian hieroglyphs and it symbolizes the weaving of your fates. Um, you know, you can weave your fate, but it could also be like changed or, or pause. Like if you, you blow out a candle, you're kind of like definitely adjusting your fates. Um, and also if you think about the act of like a breath, um, it connects your fate. Your fate is connected to the act of speech and of prayer. So these are ways that you could leave your own destiny. And I'll just share that in my own practice. I've, you know, kind of learned that actually speaking things out loud is very, very powerful. Um, there's a lot of intention setting you can do inside your head and that works as well. But I feel like if you're really wanting to adjust the track of your life, <clears throat> and I kind of see these things as tracks, I know we're talking about threads, but you can see them as threads. Um, I kind of see the, the um, the options of your life are kind of laid out in railroad tracks. And so if you want to move over a few railroad tracks from where you are, there's going to be a little bit more energy. There's more energy you would need to put into that because there's more effort. <clears throat> and the reason I like the imagery of a railroad track is I think, I'm sure you've seen those like old fashioned black and white films where the uh, there would be some guy that would have to actually switch the track right? He would have to go in and like pull this lever, it would switch the track. So I think of that is, you know, the way as like a magician, we're switching the tracks over to when we can see the potentials, right? We can see the potentiality of, you know, where our life can go. And this way you get to choose instead of like having that defined for you, for you by somebody else. Um, so that's why I really love the idea of you know, I think prayer is a wonderful thing if you want to, you know, to you know, to help people around you, to help yourself, to commune with the with divinity. Um, so prayer and and speaking your intentions really helps you to weave your own destiny. Um, and the number eight, you know, so I'm a hermetic Kabbalist, so we're going to talk about uh, uh, the Kabbalah for sure. So eight is associated to the Sephira of Hod on the tree of life. Hod is an interesting energy. It is the energy of the magician. Hod is associated to the planet Mercury. Um, so there's a lot of correspondences there with like the magician um, and uh, that sort of energy. So the gods I tend to think about when I'm thinking about Hod are Mercury, Hermes, and Tout. Um, because they're also associated with uh, wisdom, writing, communication, and magic. So eight is a really like um, transformative number, if you want to think of it, about it that way. So Hode for me, um, and you know what I've sort of read other people have said, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the wick, with, with like the thread, weaving your own destiny, prayer. So hod is the way of reflection and prayer and then setting into conscious motion your own destiny. Um, so I'd like to take a look at a couple tarot cards uh, just to define a little bit better what 
that energy is. So here is the uh, is the magician card. Uh, it is the first card after the fool card. So it's card number one. I picked it though because you know we're talking about the eight, you know, the eight year, the eight years connected to Hode, connected to the magician, um, the tarot card. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Um, so the magician, if you look at uh, the magician here, they have all the tools they need in front of them. They understand the tools to make uh, their intentions, their will known in the material world. And so of course you're going to notice, because we're talking about the eight, that there is a lemniscate or the infinity symbol, as most people would know it, above the magician's head. However, it's on its side. And so that's, you know, kind of, again, thinking like, why would the, why would it be on its side? And so to me, it's, you know, kind of, again, representing the, the motion of energy between uh, the two pillars of masculine, feminine pillars of the tree of life. So it's on its side because there's a constant shifting of that energy, right? Um, so in, uh, so as we know it, the infinity symbol is something that means uh, decorated with ribbons in Latin. And in Greek, it means simply ribbon. So again, we're going back to sort of what we talked about before about ribbons or thread and wicks and ribbons. There's like a continuing sort of corresponding theme about eight, right? And then what that means and what we can derive from that in our own uh, way for 2024. Um, so also, if you think about, you know, a lot of these symbols are 2D, right? They're recorded on tarot cards, they're recorded in uh, books and scriptures, on tablets. But if you think about this symbol of the lemniscate, the infinity symbol as a 3D object, you can see how it resembles a torus, right? That shape, <laughs> which is a closed form containing a rotating curve. So I always think of a torus as an object of constant refinement, right? If you look at how you maybe have seen visualizations of a torus, it's, it's holding its shape, but it's in a constant state of like renewal. It's like, you know, refinement. It's like, I think of somebody like mining for gold, you know, in a river or something, you're kind of, you're trying to get, get to the gold of, of something, you know, it's like shaking out all of the things that aren't true, that aren't you, that aren't the gold. So I, that's what I think of it. When I think of a Taurus, I'm going to think of this sort of moving energy. As we look at the eighth card, um, with, of the major arcana uh, of, of the tarot, in addition to the magician. So the eighth card is the strength card. Um, and again, you can see that there is that over her head is another lemniscate, another infinity symbol. Um, I love this card because most people, when they look at it, you know, they kind of get a really cool like pretty immediate interpretation around sort of like either like the taming of animal or anger or, or something energy with something soft and feminine. Like there's like another approach to manage sort of very forceful, fierce energy, right? A lot of people kind of get that from this card. And I think that's a really good 
<laughs> impression of when you see this card. It's a really good one. Um, I tend to see something uh, a little deeper when I look at it, however, um, in sort of my own practice uh, around, again, an another refinement, right? Like what makes us strong? What makes, you know, metal strong is you're, again, refining it, taking out all the impurities, making it um, something that's very uh, strong and useful and valuable. So, um, so it's kind of under, so I look at this card as understanding our own true strengths and our weaknesses. Um, here you, you have this sort of earthly angelic woman who's silently subduing a lion, which is a solar symbol. And the sun is linked to Tippereth on the tree of life, which is the highest spiritual manifestation of knowledge that can be achieved on the material plane, right? There's other uh, Sephiroth above Tippereth. Those are very, you know, those are of their own nature, but uh, Tippereth is a pretty high um, manifestation in understanding of that knowledge on the material plane. Um, so the sun and the lion here is also a representation of our egos, which does not need to be killed or dispersed, but treated in a way of, of acceptance um, with serenity, calm, and patience, right? That's what we get from this card. We get that this woman um, is, is approaching this, this situation, which would normally would be <laughs> frightening um, with serenity, calm, and patience. So this is the strength in ourselves, like understanding where we are weak and where we are strong. Um, and so now we can develop a plan on the way forward, backed by our own wisdom and understanding of our own shadows and light. Because in this card, as she's representing sort of the higher energies of the feminine, feminine principle, but also the, um, the, uh, the earthly, you know, achievement of that principle, like that's really what it's showing us here. So we now have a plan to move forward, which is backed by our strength and wisdom of understanding. And we now have, we have all the tools we need. Our mind, soul, and spirit are in alignment. And now we can step forward and bring that reality into Malakuth in our material plane, which is awesome. All right. So now we're going to move on to the tarot that I pulled for 2024, I pulled three cards um, from the Writer's Waite Smith deck. And um, they were really cool. I was very excited to see these because I didn't write, I didn't actually, <laughs> I wrote all the um, stuff about eights before I even pulled these cards. So it was really cool that they, they fell the way they did. And I'm really excited to show them to you. In the first position, we have the Hanged Man. Second position is the lovers. Third position is the sun. And so first for the hanged man, you know, I always see like contemplation and new perspective, right? I think most people see that when they see the hanged man. He doesn't look like he's suffering. Um, he's kind of relaxed, kind of meditative in a way. So he's kind of seeing things from a different point of view. Um, and the way I kind of read these cards is because they're in threes, this is sort of giving us like the past energy that we are starting the world out with. So this is sort of the past energy 
that we are going to be starting with 2023. We all have like a new perspective. We've been meditating on maybe, you know, what a new world could look like, uh, how we can, how we ourselves can assist in a new world and um, be that, that strong wisdom holding person moving into uh, 2024. So also another thing to think of is there is sort of a negative connotation of the hanged man where it could be seen as like martyrdom and sacrifice. Um, so those are things to kind of think about as well, like martyrdom and sacrifice. There, there may be um, some positive connotations seen to martyrdom as far as like a specific agenda being moved forward, but on a personal, interpersonal level, you know, that's something really people take on themselves. And, you know, it's more out of some form of resentment or um, frustration with the relationships around them. And then the sacrifice, again, is really understanding you as a human, like, the, again, those strengths and weaknesses of, of what sacrifice actually is and, you know, how that shows up in your life. Um, and, you know, what you truly want instead of having to sacrifice your own, uh, your own true will, your own true you for other people. Um, not to say that you don't want to help other people and advance other people forward, but it's something to think about, like, why are you doing those things? Is it to truly be of service or is it something where you are, um, trying to gain something just for your own um, ego or your own self. So something to think about. Um, another cool thing is um, <clears throat> the legs <laughs> of the hangman are creating the number four, which is the planetary number of Jupiter. Um, Jupiter is the guru or, pro or prophet of the zodiac. So that's kind of the guru energy. So it's like, there's a lot of wisdom that we're starting 2024 with because we've had this new perspective, a lot of inner um, work that we've done as a collective on that kind of, you know, working on the vision that we want to see. Um, so it's a great place to start, in my opinion, <laughs> is we're starting from a place of wisdom and understanding. The second position is lovers. Um, so again, you know, we talked how the Hebrew letter het, uh, looks, looks like a bridge, looks like a doorway. Um, and this particular card, I see the, the trinity of energies, right? It's the, the supernal triad. In, uh, in the Kabbalah, there's three tri triads, three triangles. There is a supernal triad, triad is the Keter Chokmah Bina again, Bina showing up once more. Um, so the masculine and feminine energies, uh, sort of the uh, the divine uh, human divinity. Um, generally, you know, if you were, were talking about the supernal triangle, you would say, oh, is that Keter, is that God? I see this as like sort of the layering of the supernal triangle also with the triangle of uh, Tipperet that's created at the heart center. The angel is a solar angel. Um, so it is like kind of combining the ideas of the human experience, the human destiny, the human balancing of that, of those natures, but it's also, so creating the solar, solar um, Tipperet angel. Um, 
And in this, the divine feminine in 2024 is going to play a really strong leadership role just by late. And this is like sort of in the heart of 2024. In this card, you see that um, the feminine figure, she's looking at the angel, looking at the angel for guidance, looking at the angel for advice, looking at the angel for direction. The, ma the masculine figure, male figure is looking to, towards the woman, right? For that, uh, for it's his direction, his, you know, his purpose. So I think that stepping in and, and having, taking, having the feminine principle, the feminine, um, divine feminine take a more active seat in the direction of how our energies are going to play out in 2024 is going to be huge. And I think we're going to see that. And so we talked to, you know, we talked about sort of the bridge of, of these energies. And so you have um, Hukma is the great father, and then you have the great mother that is Bina uh, on the Kabbalah tree of life. Um, so, you know, that is the communication, the bridges that we create between these two energies within ourselves, within the people around us, within sort of like those energies as a whole, becoming more familiar and more comfortable with our feminine energy and stepping into that is going to be um, only beneficial in 2024, really communing with that energy. And so the final position, everybody likes to see the sun in a tarot reading. Uh, so the sun card is where our energy, we're going to lead like the end of 2024 as a collective. We're going to be starting 2025 with a lot of sun energy, which is really exciting. So the sun Leo, uh, the child, the divine child, new beginnings, truth, the sun opens up, shines light on all dark places. Um, so think of that too, because, it, you know, while this is a great card, you know, there's a whole year to work through some of this energy. So if the dark places are going to be shown on that, you know, we're going to have to look at a lot of really uncomfortable, um, horrible stuff as a collective human uh a human race. So we really want to um, keep that in mind that, you know, it's necessary to look at those dark things, but there's always the sun to come and help um, kind of let us understand that at the, at the end, that there's always, at the end, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel of have, of looking at those dark places. And there's a lot of promise and new things that can be created um, from sweeping out all of that old dusty energy that we don't want, we don't need any longer. Um, so this, you know, we talked about sort of the magician card, the eight. So here is a really good manifestation point is ending the energy with the energy of the sun. Um, so, you know, so that'll be a really strong jumping off point for that energy. So now that we've covered the energies that are at play, what can we do to harness that for ourselves? A simple way that is to set an intention for the year, knowing that the energy around the symbol of a doorway and bridge, the connection of the masculine and feminine energy that you can invite that into your life and help and ask for how do I recognize that? 
um, and have your, you know, maybe ask your guides and your angels, your, you know, whatever energies that you work with and how you can see it and how you can use it in your life. And since there's a strong call for the divine feminine, that's another energy that you really want to have some focus on. Um, you can even do it in ways that you might not think would, uh, would be helpful for you, but honoring the mothers, the sisters, the women in your life, honoring the ancestors, the female ancestors of your lineage, um, your living relatives, your friends, um, really like, you know, seeing them as uh, strong feminine forces that you appreciate and that you're happy to have them in your life. Um, that will only, when you see that in others, you will see that in yourself. So I, you know, that's why people are such great mirrors. They can help open that up because it's harder to see it in yourself, but you can easily see wonderful qualities in other people. And that is only just, you know, that is a way to really help us all step through that new doorway together. And so the doorway again is like the liminal space. There's, it's where potentiality can happen. It's, a, it's the passage, you know, between two worlds, the old world and the new world we're trying to create. Um, so some other things you can do it is that you could create, like, you know, some people create a vision board, some people create a vision box to, you know, kind of put their intentions and objects in to help focus your energy for the year. I think that's a good thing to do. Um, you can use any sort of intention or rituals that you see to help um, use that energy for your own benefit. Another thing to, to maybe consider if you haven't started doing it, I've been um, uh, doing some lunar rituals with a group of, friend of uh, group of friends of mine, and that has been really helpful. And again, that's inviting that divine uh, feminine energy into your space and really considering what it means to kind of be on a, on a cycle, right? Even like you create an intention, review at the end of the intention happen. Why are we not, you know, let's set another intention. You know, it's like a key, it's a, it's a set it, review it, <laughs> set it, review it. And it's again about that refinement, right? Refinement of yourself, refinement of what you want. It's always a process. Okay. So, wow, we've done quite a bit. Um, I'll just say some methods that I've done. Um, they kind of get a little involved, but um, I'll just kind of talk through them. So I use sigils quite a bit in my practice. You, you can use any method of sigil making. Um, I really love using the sigil engine. So sigilengine.com, um, which is a technomancy tool to draw the sigil for you after you cut you basically type in your intention and it like creates a sigil for you. It's very cool. Um, my husband does a really sweet thing when we go for walks and we see like a cat that is, you know, or a cat or an animal that's missing on a poster, cat or a dog, um, you know, he'll do a sigil like on the spot uh, to, you know, hopefully get the cat or the animal or the dog home safe and sound to its people. Um, you know, because, you know, that's again, sort of putting that energy out into the world. Like you see it, you can do something about it. Like you can't, you know, <laughs> go and hunt for the dog. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, or, but it's like, you see it, you want it to change. You want it to change for a better railroad track for that energy to go down. I... Better energy for that railroad to go down. So that's what we want. 
Um, I also use planetary energies to boost the energy of my sigil. So when I create and draw the sigil, I will like put, like if, mm, let's say if I want to, uh, more abundance, I would put Jupiter, you know, symbols on it to kind of enhance that uh, Jupiter energy that I want for more abundance in the year. Um, and that, you know, and I, the, the process of charging a sigil, like there's many methods. <laughs> I don't exactly want to go into my process because it is kind of involved and uh, it's, it involves like other practices that I've incorporated, but you can kind of, you know, either you can look up how other people might charge sigils. You can sit and meditate and like wait um, for your guides to tell you how you can charge sigils. Um, I like to charge them because it feels like I'm I'm putting more intention, more focus. Like I understand the things that it, it needs um, to kind of let it go. And then I don't have to think about it. Cause that's the other thing too, is like letting the sigil go, let it do what it needs to do. And you don't, you don't have to like have all your control levers on it. Um, and sometimes it depends, like I might charge it. I kind of let the sigil tell me how long it needs to be charged for. Um, and then I might burn it and then like release the uh, the ashes into the world and that's kind of like another sort of sticking point of putting it into the world and let it do its own uh, let it go its own way right without you having to think about all the, the details um so yeah i would say do a um you know maybe play around with doing working with some sigils to set some of these intentions you can do a sigil for inviting um the balance of masculine and feminine energy. You can do a sigil for inviting the divine feminine into your life and letting it show you um, and teach you lessons. Yeah, there's many ways you could uh, work on that for yourself and um, all ways are valid. <laughs> um, so um, so we're kind of, and we're ending the this particular episode here. I want to, uh, and I'd say if you're interested in a tarot reading from me, I have two options available on celestialringguidance.com. One is a one question email uh, reading from me. Um, so basically you have a question, you email, and then like a few days later, I'll like send you a video of like the reading. And the other is an hour long Zoom meeting. So a face-to-face -face, uh, Zoom meeting uh, for whatever you, you know, you want to talk about. Uh, whatever questions you have, I, you know, I do have sort of a general reading. If you're not quite sure what you want or, you know, haven't done tarot readings before, we can do like sort of a general check-in thing. And that usually is a good jumping off point. So, you know, whatever helps you get more clarity around um, what you're trying to, uh, what things are going on in your life, basically. Um, so I'd love to hear your perspectives on 2024 or what methods you use to set intentions. I, you know, please leave a comment below. I always like learning new things. So um, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see that. So I want to again, say happy new year, happy new year to all the wonderful guests and all the wonderful listeners that I, you know, that have been tuning into the casual temple. It's been three months since I started releasing episodes so it's been quite a fun time so i really appreciate each and every one of you and i hope that all of you have a wonderful 2024 your support means the world to us if you've enjoyed this podcast please take a moment to like comment and share it with others who might find this content valuable 
And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for more enlightening discussions. Your engagement helps us grow, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for being a part of the Casual Temple community.